Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, welcome in. It's another Auburn live show, man. So glad everybody could join us. Um, we're going to get into some uh, some football and basketball news today. We're going to talk about um, the football facility being dedicated on Saturday, and we're going to talk about where Auburn football stands right now with the COVID positive tests going on and just sort of like what's going on, what the deal is, what the timetable is this week and stuff like that. So we'll We'll get all into that um, real quick before we get going. Want to give a quick shout out to our partners and sponsors, as as we always do. Uh, Southeastern, great bar downtown Auburn, two story bar, beautiful building. Make sure and go check them out. They're an awesome place to experience a game day, and also go check out the restaurant Irritable Bow. It's on Magnolia Avenue. They uh, they have awesome food, man. Chinese Bow. Uh, chicken skewers and and, and uh, shrimp rolls and, and they have different bowls and it's just really cool really unique stuff really awesome restaurant they get you in and out really quickly so go check it out the irritable bow thanks to those two partners of the show all right let's jump into some recent news and then we'll get into auburn football practice and kind of what's going on there covid stuff it's been wild hey first on saturday auburn dedicated a 92 million dollar football performance center we were there. They're already building this facility. I mean, it's already under construction, but they wanted to do a dedication. So you had Alan Green speak and linebacker Owen Popo represented the football team. And you had Jay Goosh, president. You had uh, Tigers Unlimited people and that whole deal. Um, so it was, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, performance center dedicating, you know, through the dirt, gold shovels, the whole thing. Pretty awesome. It's something, look, this is something Auburn needed for a bunch of years. We all know that probably five, I mean, at least the last five years, it's been at the top of the list in terms of things Auburn needed. They've been passed by most colleges and universities in terms of facilities. They've been, they've just been passed by. So it's something they've needed for a while. I think Alan Green wanted to raise some of this money, you know, through donations. I think that was a big part of it. He, he said he's raised 40 of the $92 million through private donations. So that's, that's a good thing, but yeah, $92 million for football performance center on 12 acres is set to be completed fall of 2020. So that'll be interesting next fall to see um, how they transition in. Like, do they do it in the middle of the season? Do they, I mean, if it's in September, do you, do you try, do you have like a game week? I mean, how do you move there while also trying to prepare for games? I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it's something that they finish, but they don't completely move into until the spring. I don't know, just because of everything going on. But pretty cool. It's going to be the ninety. It's going to be the uh, the largest, most expensive Auburn facility build in the history of the university, topping the eighty six million dollar price tag of Auburn Arena, which is not surprising. I mean, in the end, Arena 
arena is nice and in large, but it's really a big space. I mean, a football facility that are some, you're talking more for, you know, first class medical facility inside indoor practice facilities out two outdoor fields, meeting rooms, reception space, hydrotherapy, plunge pool that holds 50 people. So, and, and a bunch of other stuff. It's a really beautiful, you look at the renderings, it's beautiful, beautiful building. And it's going to be a massive deal for Auburn in terms of recruiting, just massive deal. And it'll help other sports too, just seeing how you're seeing that building. I mean, it'll help everybody, but the, the performance center for football specifically, it's something they desperately need to compete with Georgia's and the Alabama's and the Clemson's and to try to get that same talent that those schools are getting. So really big deal. Owen Papo is a five-star recruit said he's been a lot of places um, as a, as a five-star player. He said, this is something I've never seen before. So high praise from, from, from Papo in terms of what this is going to be. So really cool, really cool dedication that happened on Saturday morning of this football performance center. And it's going to be a spectacle when it's done now, You don't realize like I've, I've driven past where it, I drive past it almost every day. And you don't realize how big the acreage is. And, and you kind of have to get up there and sort of look around and go, okay, like think about this is just going to be one, it's going to be two outdoor fields and then one big facility. And you kind of start to grasp this thing is going to be mega. So pretty, pretty cool deal we went to on Saturday morning as they dedicate the $92 million football for performance center that will be done in the fall of 2022. Much, much needed. Brian Harson knows it's going to be a huge recruiting tool for him. And I told some people this a year ago, or well, not a year ago, whenever Brian Harson was hired. And it was kind of crazy to think about. It's hard to imagine a, a head coach coming into any job, let alone an SEC job, let alone a, a, a job the caliber of Auburn in the situation Brian Harse is coming into. I mean, understand Gus Malzahn, it was a roller coaster. Inconsistencies, um, recruiting gaps, uh, couldn't beat your rivals, Georgia and LSU mainly. But Gus went to a bowl game every year, and in, in, in general, there was good talent. There were some holes, which is what got him in trouble, but, but in general, good talent. So you have Brian Harson stepping into the situation of a team that just went to a bowl game, a team with some pretty good talent, and then, oh, yeah, in year two, and really now, in the very first year, you're going to get to recruit with the promise of a $90 million football performance center. And in year two, it's going to be done and built. And then, you, and then that's how you, that's, you know, everyone chalks year up, year one up anyway to it's year one. So your first real year of recruiting and, and produce, producing on the field, you're going to have a football performance center brand spanking new. That's just that's just big time. Not many coaches get to step into a program and and have a team that just went into a bowl game, pretty good talent, and then oh yeah, an amazing uh, football facility that they immediately get to recruit to and use to their advantage. So you know, there's no excuses for Brian Harson in this program. He he's got what Gus Malzahn wanted for a long time, and and Harson's got it. And so we'll see what he can do with it, but. Um, pretty pretty cool deal for Brian Harson to step into that situation in the year two. And maybe next year things will, you know, COVID and all this stuff. It's just kind of craziness right now with, with, with football and him trying to set his culture, but he's got a lot to look forward to. So that was a pretty cool thing on Saturday. And then we'll get into uh, football practice. So uh, we talked about 
Um, actually, before we do that, I want to mention real quickly, because this is all football. I mean, we're in the middle of football season basically at this point. But I do want to mention um, we put a story up on Auburn Live on Walker Kessler, the five-star transfer from North Carolina. Um, he was on a podcast on Sunday. I, I, I listened to it and then wrote, a, wrote an article um, because I had some quotes from Bruce Pearl as well from when we did our one-on-one with Bruce Pearl. But Walker Kessler had some pretty cool things to say about what this basketball team is capable of. He basically said, quote, we're going to be really good this year. And he, you know, he, he also, he also said that the combination of him and Jabari Smith are going to be what he considers the best front court in the country. He said, I know that's a bold prediction, but he's see Jabari is such a smart unselfish player. He thinks that's going to be the best front court in the country. But, but I wrote, I wrote in the article kind of outlined Kessler's transfer to, to Auburn a little bit. Um, and it, it became a thing where he just didn't fit at North Carolina. And, and I think the COVID stuff, he wanted to come back home. It was, a, it, was a, it was a combination of a number of things that just made him want to come home. His family has a home in Lake Martin. His brother works in Opelika. And it just made all the sense in the world for him to come back and be close to, to, to family. And I think the, the schematic fit wasn't great at North Carolina. He, he's got too much talent to just be a traditional big at North Carolina. I mean, a place like Auburn, he, he'll be able to shoot a three, and Pearl's not even going to think twice. So, anyway, it's a really cool story on Auburn Live, just kind of outlining Kessler and, and sort of some quotes and some comments he made about, you know, being a tough decision to leave North Carolina and, and why he chose Auburn, but in particular what he thinks this team can do and what they're capable of, um, which, is, which is really, really good things. He said the team is meshing well with – with these transfers and all these new players, he said, it's, you know, we're all getting along really well. And so pretty cool, pretty cool comments. And in, in his, his thing is he thinks he has, the, this team has a chance to be quote, really good. So we'll see, but go check that out on auburnlive.com. And you can see kind of what Walker Kessler had to say. All right, let's jump um, back to football real quick. Um, and this won't be a crazy long podcast because I just sort of wanted to catch everybody up on what's going on. And um, so football practice, they scrimmaged on Friday. We talked about that in our Saturday podcast. Um, They practiced on Sunday, helmets only, kind of watched some film. They were off on Monday, and then they'll get back at it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they will practice those four days, getting ready for the Fan Fest, which happens on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Fans can come inside Jernier Stadium, and they'll watch the practice, and so it'll be a scrimmage of some sorts but obviously they're not going to sit there and show everything but you know it's the week before a game so um, and they're probably going to try to work on some things so try to get fans out there and get them excited just being back to Jordan Hare Stadium um, and all that good stuff so four practices this week leading up to to Fan Fest it's been a crazy week for Auburn football I mean it's been it's been it's been wild if you go back to last you go back to the first scrimmage really on Saturday there were players that missed that first scrimmage the last Saturday that were positive with COVID uh, we just didn't really report that and and you know we, we reported some players were out but we didn't really want to get into the COVID stuff and um, but it's it goes back to there and from last Saturday it's been a trickle inside the program of tests of positive tests and of positive tests which resulted in the team getting a team-wide testing on Thursday. 
That resulted in Brian Harson's positive test, which we all learned about on Friday. Auburn, of course, released an official statement with a quote from Brian Harson. We also reported last week that Derek Mason had tested positive, and we reported again on Friday that he wasn't at the scrimmage. So it kind of solidifies he and Harson. See, it's not just your head coach, your defensive coordinator does, has has COVID as well. What that means is they're not a part of team, um, you know, team activities at all. They're isolating. They're at home. They're at home, and they have to be at home. They have to be isolated for ten days after a positive. So they're at least ten days of of not being around. Well, that puts them. You know, if they tested positive last week, that puts them this weekend through. I mean, it puts them back out there to basically to start game week. So, I mean, there is no more room for error at this point with coaches or players if they if they if they don't want to miss time. At, at this point, I mean, you, you've only got a few more days to not potentially miss the game, literally miss the game. So that's been going on. So you have COVID testing last Thursday. The number grew. There were players that sat out Friday scrimmage because they had COVID. Um, so you have all of that going on. Harson actually, sources tell us, Harson actually had the scrimmage live streamed to him on Friday night at his house. So there's all kinds of technology now, obviously, where, you know, he needs to be out there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, that he, he's probably doing Zoom meetings with these players and coaches. And, you know, he, his face is in front of them and he's, his voice is there and his message is there, but he's just, you know, for somebody like Harson who wants to be hands-on for him not to be there is not great, especially two weeks out from your first game and your first fall camp. It's not ideal. Derek Mason is, as well. It's just, it's not ideal. So you got all that going on. So what's next, right? So what's next for, for Auburn? Um, well, they'll prepare this week. They'll be without Harson. They'll be without Mason. Well, that puts Jeff Schmetting as the head coach, you know, responsibilities are, are on his shoulders. Of course, it'll be a team effort, but I guess if they had to coach a game, Jeff Schmetting would be the head coach. Um, so you got that going on. You got players that are going to be coming back from that 10-day window this week. You know, some of those players that tested positive were out in that first scrimmage Saturday. I mean, 10 days is coming up kind of right now in this time period. So you're going to have players, some players and coaches that should come back this week. And then you'll have more that come back start of game week. Um, but but like I said, there's really at this point, there's no room for error. Now, what we know is Auburn went underwent more COVID testing on Monday morning, and they will undergo more testing on Thursday morning. So, you know, they're, they're, they're being tested. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Anybody that gets popped on that Thursday – they're done. I mean, they're not, 10 days puts them, I mean, Thursday, I mean, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. I mean, it puts them out. So if you, if you pop positive on that Thursday, that pretty much means you're, you're going to be out that next Saturday. Um, now the only, I guess the only good thing is they know they're positive. That person can then move to the back in terms of, I mean, they're isolated. You know, you're not going to have them, but yeah, that's kind of your last chance. If you starting Thursday, you pop positive, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're going to miss a game unless it's the bye week. So it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. One thing we did learn today on this is we're recording this um, on Monday night, but one thing we learned on Monday, it's now Tuesday morning is Andy Staples from the athletic reported that the sec is considering withholding a share of TV money from the team that causes a forfeiture for a team, that, a game that's televised. 
Um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. You know, we, as to this point, it was just forfeiture and everybody knew what that meant. But when you're talking about that, now it's not just a forfeiture. Now you're talking about money being withheld. That's a whole different, that's a whole different deal to have to try to think about. Now, look, we, we can, we can talk about, you know, so now, now we're going to hold with money from the university to, to further, you know, put our foot on the throat of making them do what we want them to do or we, what we want a coach to do or what we want a player to do. We want them to do what we think is right, which in lies the whole, the whole issue and the whole kind of combination of things that make this such a combustible issue to talk about. But that's an interesting point. Obviously, it's something that, that now teams are going to have to take in, into, into consideration. So that's kind of where Auburn stands right now. We're, we're supposed to, in the media, talk to Brian Harson this week. We were, well, we were supposed to talk to him early this week. A lot of that, obviously, it depends on how he's feeling. If he's at home and he's feeling fine, then I would think Tuesday or Wednesday, we, we probably get a chance to do a Zoom with him. If maybe he's not, maybe he's a little under the weather, it's going to get pushed. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Basically, we have, we have no idea when we're going to talk to another coach, when we're going to talk to another player. We just – we don't know. We're definitely not going to another open period. That's for sure. So coverage of camp just got really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, generally, gosh, you get through this week and then it's game week and we're doing big, big press day on Tuesdays. And we're, you know, we're, we're, we're prepping for the game. And now with everything going on, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what kind of coverage, and uh, you know, we're going to be able to access, we're going to have to, to the team. So Really crazy stuff, really crazy time. Auburn just needs to get to that first game. They need, they need to get to that first game and play a game and have Mason and, and Harson and those coaches there and just get through that game and, and you know, the best they can. I think, I think it really hurts when you start thinking about now, when you start thinking about preparing for Penn State. Auburn should beat Akron, and they'll, be, and they'll win the next game. But they need every second to prepare. I mean, this team, new team, they're going to need every second of every day the whole season. But when you got Penn State on the road in week three, this is not good. I mean, missing this kind of time in fall camp when you're just a week's away from that game is not uh, – it's not great. It's not great. But we'll see how they bounce back. I mean, Brian Harson in his, in his statement he released, he said this is an opportunity for the team to learn what, you know, adversity, <clears throat> adversity is about and, and, and figure out how to adjust on the fly. I mean, look, this could happen again during the season. You could have Bo Nix test positive and be out of game. You could have one Mike Bobo test. I mean, who knows? So you might as well get used to it. In in this day and age right now, with these COVID protocols, you better prepare that at any point somebody could test positive. Player, coach, they're out, and they're gone. They're isolated immediately. There's no easing into it. They're gone, and you got to figure it out. So I think that's going to be a. I think that's going to be something that that. Um, Maybe maybe it's, maybe it's something positive they can take from it. We'll see. Um, but before we get out of here, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the COVID stuff. It, it's such a it's such a obviously touchy subject for obvious reasons. But a lot has been made about Brian Harson and how he's handling COVID with his program. Okay, um, you know, go back to media days when he was asked directly, have you taken the vaccine? And he didn't answer. He said, that's a personal decision. <clears throat> and of course, everybody takes that as if you say it's a personal decision, if you don't answer yes, 
and you say, hey, I'm not going to answer as a personal decision, everybody just assumes that means you have not taken the vaccine. And then they run with that assumption. That assumption is now the basis of everything that they think. Uh, I don't know if Brian Harson has taken the vaccine. I don't know. Neither does anybody in the media that's commenting on it. Um, they, they, they don't know. They don't know for sure. But what they've done is the people that have, have turned this issue against Brian Harson and decided that he is handling this the wrong way, it started with that assumption that, well, if he's not, if he hasn't, he hasn't taken the vaccine. That's where it starts. Well, if he didn't say, then he hasn't taken it. And if he hasn't taken it, then he's not encouraging his players to do so. That's how you make that jump. You say, well, if he's not taking it, then he's not encouraging and he's not promoting his, the vaccine to the team. Again, now we're making more assumptions based on no evidence. In particular, one columnist from AL.com, who I won't mention because he doesn't deserve it. But when you write that Brian Harson isn't promoting or has refused to encourage or refuse to promote the vaccine, you are either accidentally or intentionally making false claims to push your agenda because there was no proof that backed up that statement in the column I read over the weekend, there, there was no proof to that. It was an assumption. It was a statement made with no proof of somebody that has been on one Zoom call during fall camp that I've heard. He has asked one question in countless Zoom interviews during fall camp. He's asked one question. And that question was to a defensive back. And he asked him who has been the better quarterback. That's his only question. And the DB said both of them, to his credit. He asked one question. It was a question to a player to try to elicit a certain answer so he could write a sensational column about, ooh, somebody said, player said TJ Finley or a player said Demetrius Davis. That's it. We've had a number of 20-minute open sessions. This columnist hasn't been at one of them. Not one. But he wants to spew rhetoric about being a journalist on Twitter and talk about how reputable and respectful and how he's doing the job correctly. He's doing the job correctly as a columnist. Making assumptions that Brian Harson isn't encouraging and isn't promoting the vaccine to his players, the safety of the vaccine to his players. So let's just clear some things up. One, that writer, nor I, nor anybody that's commenting on this knows for sure whether Brian Harson has taken the vaccine or not. That's number one. So you have to say it's possible he has taken it. Is it possible that Maybe he changed his tune. Is it possible that he took the vaccine? It's, I guess it's possible, right? Huh, okay. So nobody knows if he's taken it or not. Here's what we do know. Here's what I know for a fact from talking to people within the football program. Brian Harson has, and the coaches, 
and the, the, the staff have educated, they have encouraged and promoted the safety of the vaccine. That is a fact. The players have been given literature. The team doctors support the vaccine. So as far as a staff and a program, there has been nobody that has discouraged the team or players from getting the vaccine. That hasn't happened. I know as of last week, they had a, they continued to get articles in literature that, that talked about the safety of the vaccine in their lockers. That's happening. So when you say Brian Harson isn't encouraging the vaccine or isn't promoting it, um, you're lying. You're lying. Now, what that person, what those people that have decided that Brian Harson's doing a terrible job here, what they have decided is, well, we think he hasn't taken the vaccine. And if he hasn't taken it, then we're going to say that by him not taking it, that means he's not encouraging it to his team. He's not being a leader. That's what they would like to say. Well, first of all, you don't know if he has or hasn't taken it. That's, that's number one. Even if he hasn't taken the vaccine, even if he has not taken it, how do you know he hasn't stood up in front of his team and said, guys, here's why I haven't taken it. A personal history, I had a family member that, 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 that died from something. Who knows? Here's why I'm not taking it. And then he said, but listen to me. You don't do it because I'm doing it. This is a personal, personal decision. We're going to give you every bit of evidence and, and education you need. Our doctors are here to answer every question you could possibly have. And anybody that wants the vaccine, we will, we will provide every opportunity and availability to get it. And we will encourage you in that. And we will support you in that completely. How in the world is that the wrong stance? He's letting his players make a decision. In families, by the way, how, how do you know you don't have you don't have a bunch of families? You have a bunch of moms and dads of these kids. How do you know they're not sitting there going, Coach Harson, I don't want my kid taking that vaccine? What is what do you spoke? What is he supposed to do? I would love to hear a, a an exact answer on. The, the crowd of Harson is the worst person in the world. What would you have him do exactly? Mandate the vaccine to his team, 18 and 20, 22 years. He's supposed to make them get a pharmaceutical put in their body. Even if their parents are going, coach, I, I don't want my kid having that. Oh, sorry. He can't play them. Wait. I mean, that's just my opinion that that seems like the wrong way to go about it. Has anybody thought about what happens if he makes the team get a vaccine? And then well, let's just say like one or two players three months from now have a complication due to the vaccine. What happens then? Because there's a whole lot of assumptions being made. Why don't we make that assumption? What happens when one or two of your players have a serious side effect because he made them get the vaccine? Oh, then what happens? Are we, are, is that Harson's fault too? Because you wanted him to make everybody get it and they did. And now there's complications. So whose fault is that? We got to blame somebody. Whose fault is that? Does anybody stop to think about that? Of course not. Of course not. The other point I find amazing is 
I've seen teams that have come out and said they're hundred percent vaccinated. And if they are cool, I have no idea. What's amazing is journalists are supposed to be cynical. They're supposed to ask questions. They're supposed to go, "Mm, let me, let me look more into that. What's amazing is the amount of journalists that hear about an Alabama or an Ole Miss or whoever else come out and say they're a hundred percent vaccinated and not one of them bats an eye. I haven't seen one journalist or I haven't seen anybody dig into that and go, how do we know? Like I haven't seen one journalist retweet an article or a comment about we're 100% vaccinated and go, well, I mean, like, can you be transparent? Can you, can you show us something like, cause it's really, I mean, I could just come out and say, we're hundred percent. Guess what that means? That means now we're not going to be mandated to get tested weekly by the sec, which means then you can, you can kind of handle your program how you want. But I just find it amazing that the same journalists that are assuming whether or not vac- Harson is vaccinated or not, and that are assuming they know how he has encouraged or educated or promoted the vaccine within his program, they have all kinds of assumptions and questions and, and concerns about stuff they don't completely know about on the Auburn side. But these teams over here, keep in mind, Mississippi and Alabama have some of the worst, if not the worst, vaccination rates in the country. In the country. So just from a surface level, are you telling me that it's really super easy to believe that the worst state in terms of vaccinations for their people has 100% vaccination among their players and coaches? How does a journalist not go, that seems unlikely? I mean, it's possible, but it seems unlikely, right? Like, how did they do that? How did in, in a state in Mississippi and Alabama where, where like 30% of the people are vaccinated, how is it that the whole program, coaches, staff, managers, and players all get vaccinated? They all thought the same on vaccination, yet the state is 30%. Nobody's thought, nobody's thought to ask that? It's just weird. And I'm not saying it's true or not true. My point is journalists that have that have that have picked a side and picked an agenda. I don't I don't see anybody writing about that. I don't see anybody going, we've asked for these, we've asked for transparency here. We've got nothing. All we have is one person saying they're hundred percent. That's all we have. And we have no clue if that's true or not. None. And oh, by the way, the last time we heard a percentage from Auburn was SEC media days, and that was 60%. We don't know what they are right now. But everybody's acting on that old information, like they're still sitting at 60. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're at 70. You only have to get to like 80. Like So again, there's information out there that you don't know, but there's a lot of comments and columns and assumptions being made um, based on things that people think they know. It just blows my mind. It blows my mind. There's clearly agendas that have been decided by people that either think that they have a stance on the vaccine and you have to think like them. And if you don't, well, then, well, then you're just an irresponsible, terrible human being. Clearly. My personal opinion is, is, I, it's hard to fault Harson for how he's approaching this. I just, it's hard to fault a coach for going, look, I am going to trust my players to make decisions for their families 
their parents and them can have this discussion and they can talk about it. We're going to, they're, they're being provided with those players have more access to good information on the vaccine than I do, than you do. They've got their doctors are, they got their so many doctors that they could walk into and talk face to face at any time and go, Hey, what is this? I have a question about this or will it make me do this? I mean, they have access to, to incredibly smart people to ask any question they want on the vaccine, their families and them. Like they're probably more educated and informed on it, or certainly have the capability to be more educated and informed on it than we do. I don't have a doctor one office over that I can just go in at any point and go, Hey, so I've read that. Like, so what's the deal with, if, with, I read this, is this true or not? I just can't imagine you having a problem with saying those are the kids that I recruited. They have parents. Some of them have their own children. I'm going to let them make the decision and I'm going to give them every bit of information I can. And I'm going to make sure that I tell them anybody who wants it, go for it. You will have our support. And if you don't want it, that's your decision as well. The only thing is as a team, the only question is as a team in a program, we understand the consequences. And the consequences are because of protocols, it's possible that we might have to forfeit a game. We, we, we could be subjected to harsher testing requirements if we don't hit the vaccination threshold, which means we could have more positive tests and we could lose players. And, you know, we're more potentially more susceptible to a forfeiture. If everybody understands that's what we're talking about here, then make the decision, but everybody has to be on board. That's the only, you know, the only issue I see is if you, if you have a group of players that are vaccinated and they're going and they're trying to get people vaccinated, you know, that's a tough spot for them to be in. I could understand, but it would be the same for the other side that they're like, look, I don't feel comfortable, but you, you're, but you're pressing on me. That's the whole point of this thing. I don't see how it's not just, you have to let play. To me, Harson's taking a somewhat courageous stand to me because he's saying, look, it doesn't matter what I believe. I can't make you make this decision. You have to make this decision. You and your family have to make this decision. And it's almost bigger than wins and losses. Nick Sabins talks about competitive advantage, and I get that. I hear people talking about so, – so imagine that stance. Hold on. Imagine that stance. How is nobody talking about the fact that Nick Saban or these other coaches are putting, are putting competitive advantage above – the potential health health concerns of their players. They're saying, well, look, let's see, they can, you got COVID, they're young, they could get COVID, they could take the vaccine, but here's what really matters, competitive advantage. That's what matters. And because we need to make sure that we have a competitive advantage, I need everybody to be vaccinated. Well, imagine that stance. How does nobody have a problem with that? Wait a minute, that sounds like the wrong reasons. Do you think maybe the reasons to be vaccinated should be to keep everybody healthy, save lives. Like there's a lot of reasons you could say to get vaccinated, but the, but, but how is, how's the fact that it's well a competitive, how does that even come into play? And how does nobody go, hold on. That can't be the reason we're doing this competitive advantage, right? Now the SEC is going to withhold money. Oh, so now if Auburn comes around and goes, okay, now we're really going to make people do, it. oh, so now it's money. So now we're going to make them get vaccinated because we don't want to lose money. How bad does that look? 
And of course, if you're on the side of vaccinations, you don't you don't see a problem with that because you are on the side of vaccinations. So it's it everything is is worth it to get vaccinated if you're on that side. If you're not, if you're on the personal freedom side and go, hey, I I could I have no problem with vaccinations, but I can't be on the side of making people do it like in this scenario. I just I can't be on that side. There's just a lot of, and it's clear that there's agendas and biases because none of those questions are being asked. Nobody cares that Nick Saban talks about competitive advantage as the reason. That well, we have a competitive advantage now. Oh, cool. I didn't know that that's what the vaccines were for. Nobody cares. Like that's an odd reason to, to say we're 100% vaccinated. Congratulations. Good for you. You guys that aren't, you guys suck. Wait a minute. How do we know they're 100%? Don't ask that question. That doesn't matter. They said they were. That's awesome. That's all we need to know. I mean, I caught a bunch of grief from, from, you know, from a few people, not a lot, from a few. On Friday, when I mentioned, because nobody else did, that a handful of the players and coaches that were positive at Auburn were already vaccinated. Now, does, and I simply pointed out, because there are a group of people in this world, in this country, that think vaccinations, if you just get vaccinated, everything would be okay. I mean, that's all we've heard, right? Brian Harson, if you would just promote the vaccination, this wouldn't be a problem. Well, if that's the case, how are there vaccinated people that are getting COVID? How are there vaccinated people that are getting hospitalized? It, of course, it reduces your risk. But if you can still get it and you can still be in the hospital and you can still be on a ventilator after being vaccinated, then how do you take such a hard stance that if you only got vaccinated, all of this would go away? Well, that's not true. How can you blame this small little outbreak of COVID in Auburn? How do you blame it on the unvaccinated when there's vaccinated people in the mix? You don't know who, who, who spread to who. I saw people say, Brian Harson test positive for COVID. And then literally the next thing they say is, Auburn's one of the worst in the country at unvaccinated players and coaches. Well, that's a that's a big jump and a big link to make when you completely omit the fact that vaccinated people are in the mix of people that got tested positive. And so I simply pointed out vaccina vaccinations are no guarantee. It was more kind of like, sucks, man. Vaccinations, even, even some of these vaccinated people got it. That sucks. And they're no guarantee. By no means was I saying, See, it's not a guarantee, so screw vaccines. No, nobody said that. I didn't say it. Nobody said it. But the people that have an agenda, that you can't, you can't mention anything negative. No, no. If, you, if your stance isn't vaccines are awesome, everybody take them. Anything, anything that would make people just question a vaccine, you, you're, you're, you're the enemy. You're the complete enemy. You're the enemy, and we don't have time for you, and you're not allowed to talk. It's insane. So anyway, I talked about this a little bit on the message board, but I didn't want to write a lot of it. I was tired of fighting with Captain Journalism on Twitter. Um, and so, I mean, he, he, he's a, he's a, he, he look, you got to remember about columnists. Um, their job is to get clicks. They have to write things that are sensational. They have to write things that make you go, that make you angry or make you happy. Like that's that person's job. 
But somewhere in there, you got to have a little integrity and be fair and be thoughtful and go, man, you know, he wrote something. I didn't completely agree with it, but I feel like most of the time he's fair. What 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 this guy does is is garbage. I mean, a week before that, he wrote about an Alabama fan being banned from Twitter. Like, who cares? I mean, big big scheme of things. Stupid. Stupid. So that's what happened Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it's just been it's just been insane. I mean, you even have I mean, saw something on on Monday. Some more stuff talking about competitive. Auburn's put themselves in a hole in terms of competitive advantage. Oh, I thought we cared about the health of the players. So why are we doing it? Are we getting vaccinated because we don't want to lose football games? Are we getting vaccinated because we really, really think that it's the right thing to do and we want to keep players healthy and safe and 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 no matter what? Like what? It's just ridiculous when I hear people talk about competitive advantage. I'm like. I mean, can you imagine Brian Harson going, hey, guys, look, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Um, I took the vaccine. You might not, or I haven't taken it. You might have, or whatever. But here's what I do know, guys. We got to win football games. So I know I recruited you and told your mom and dad that I would take care of you. Um, and and I know that, that you could get COVID. You might not. You could take this vaccine. I know you might have questions about it. But guys, we got to win football games because it matters a lot to, to me and my paycheck and we just got to win games. So I need everybody to go ahead and stick that needle in their arm so we can we can win some football games because we need a competitive advantage. Well, that's a imagine that pitch. Wow. Uh, OK. Or he's supposed to just be disingenuous and talk about how awesome the vaccine is and just not talk about the competitive advantage because he knows what will happen if they have to forfeit games. Maybe the players don't completely see the big picture, but he does. So he doesn't talk about competitive advantage. He just talks about getting the players vaccinated. And, and in the back of his head, he's like, look, I just want to win games. I just need these kids to put the needle in their arm. Like, it's just stupid to hear. I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing about competitive advantage. Like, that shouldn't be mentioned as a reason we're getting vaccinated. It seems so um, wrong to, to talk about that as a – as a, as a reason. And I would just love for the same criticism and skepticism that's going into the programs that, that don't have reportedly as high of vaccination rates. I would love to see that same skepticism go into the schools like Ole Miss and Alabama that say we're a hundred percent vaccinated. Oh, Oh, I know only our state is only 30%. I know our state pretty much thinks the COVID is fake, but we as a program in that state, everybody is is lockstep we're all in line that's amazing and if they did that's cool again i don't if they did or didn't it's it's kind of not the point it's more the point of like the balance of questioning is how, how do we know that's true and how do we know 60 percent is true or how do we know harson is or isn't vaccinated and how do we know that Olmus is 100 percent vaccinated like how do we know and if you're going to be, if you're going to question and write these scathing columns on somebody, right, then, then write it on the other people and ask them questions and go, hey, that's great that you said it. Can we see some evidence? You know, is that possible? Or how did you pull that off? Any of that would be great. But anyway, I thought it was important to just kind of set the record straight on a few things that we know and don't know about Harson and the program. And, and again, I'll reiterate, we don't know his vaccination status, and therefore we shouldn't make an assumption on where he stands and how he's approaching it with his team, because I'm telling you, they've been educated on it. It's been promoted and encouraged. It has not been discouraged, which is the most important thing. These people are acting like Harson's walking in there going, guys, we're not doing the vaccine. That's not us. He's not doing that. The staff is not doing that. These players are not discouraged 
from the staff. Now, what the players talk about, I have no idea. Could there be players that are telling other players, look, man, you don't want to take it? Sure. That's 100 guys on the team. That, that could, Of course that could happen. Of course that could happen. But Harson can't control that. He can't control 100 players and what they might be saying to their buddy, you know, after practice or whenever in some kind of discussion, they're playing video games like, dude, don't do it, man. He can't control that. He just can't. So the staff and the program have not discouraged it. They've educated, they've encouraged it. And they've promoted the positivity of the vaccine, including the team doctors talking about the safety of it. After that, it's the kids' decisions. Everybody just has to be on the same page and understand the consequences. And if they forfeit a game, that's why there's so many people, like, I don't understand why all these journalists, like, it's not your team. It, these guys are making a decision. If they've made a decision as a team and a program, we're going to let people make their own call. We have to let people make their own call. Then you got to live with it. And that might piss some people off. If they have to forfeit a game, it's probably going to piss some people off. But, you know, whoever's running the program, you got to make the call, and it's, we're, we're going to let our team make the decision for themselves. To me, it's, it's too big. It, to me, it would be too big a decision to make my team do anything. Some people are doing it that way. Some people aren't. That's just me. I find it hard to, to, to fault. I mean, both sides, to me, it's tough. Everything I read about the vaccine looks safe. looks fine. It's fine. <clears throat> but making somebody do it that has questions, that's tough too. So I don't know that there's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's good answers and there's bad answers and it, it's, a, it's a messy thing. But going around making assumptions and demonizing players and coaches when you don't have all the information is um, is not cool. It's ridiculous. And it's honestly par for the course for some of the people that are doing it. So anyway, that's my rant. That's my soapbox. <clears throat> Didn't mean to, to go that long on it, but, you know, that's just kind of. That's just kind of how I stand. It's not about the vaccine and whether you think it's safe or not. Um, it's just, it's about having all the information. And most of these people commenting don't, they don't have all the information and they're making a lot of assumptions and they're making a lot of really, really bold claims on, on, you know, assumptions and information. I bet if these people sat down with Brian Harson and said, all right, talk to me, talk to me about what, you know, what, where's your stance? I bet you those, you, you could have a conversation. Those people that are trashing him right now, they probably could have a conversation with him and come away with a very different opinion. Because I think all this stuff is such a personal decision and how people approach this. I think you could talk to somebody and go, I, I get where you're coming from. I disagree, but I mean, I, I you're, you're coming from, I think a good place. So I, you know, I might disagree with you, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to write the trash that I've been writing about you because I don't, you know, but I, cause I think you're, I think you're trying to do the right thing by your team, but that'll never happen. That'll never happen. So my advice is don't read columns from AL.com anymore because you're wasting your time. Um, unless Kevin Skarbinski gets back in the game, who I, who I loved and appreciated. That's a dude who was um, – that's a dude who was um, fair. He was fair. So – um, anyway, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste your time with the current iteration or whatever they, whatever they got going on over there. Um, but Hey, we got a bunch of good stuff at Auburn live. So that's where you need to be. Auburnlive.com. Uh, Auburn rolls, rolls on this week practice wise. Um, and hopefully that's the only time I have to go on a rant about this. Uh, I think that sets like, that's just kind of where I'm at. 
Um, if you disagree, that that's perfectly fine. You know, we try to have these conversations on the board, man. I don't mind if you disagree with me or I don't even, I don't, who cares? I don't mind if you disagree with how Harson's handling it. Just be cordial. Just say, look, here's, here's what I would do, man. I, but I get that people think that, well, if you, if you say that it's, it's so hard set in stone that if you think the other way, well, you're an evil person. And so that's, that's just par for the course in this day and age. So I wish we could get away from that a little bit. So anyway, um, thanks thanks for for joining us uh had a blast um make sure and join us throughout the week auburnlive.com we'll be back with some awesome podcasts and maybe the next one will be a little bit more chill a little bit more chill so anyway until next time see ya it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.